from Sydney Media in Melbourne. You're listening to Great Minds Don't Think Alike, a podcast all about neurodiversity. G'day and welcome to Great Minds Don't Think Alike. Uh, this is the best podcast for June. You're mm-hmm. with Cal. And myself, Christian. Uh, today we'll be talking about autism in regional areas. Yeah, and that will be meet with me and Christian later. A uh, reminder, we are on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on the, all the good things. So, mm. remind, reminder to hit us up there. And also on WordPress. So oh, yes, we're, yes, all, yeah, we're also on WordPress. Literary submissions, uh, any written submissions, um, just give us, drop us a line at gmdta.media at gmail.com. I don't know if the kids still say drop us a line. But anyway, those that is the place to send all of your Well, everything's your cordless these days, so... True. I suppose <laughs> they're literally dropping the line. Ah! I'll show myself out. <laughs> um, yes, please. Uh, yeah, so again, we'll see you later, later on the show. Hello, you're with me, Cal. And myself, Christian. And uh, today we're going to be talking about autism in the regional areas. Hmm. Now, being Christian for lack of a better term, live in the city. Um, well, I live, we in, I live in suburbia. Yes. Um, so do I, actually. So Yeah. Yes. Um, um, but we are frequenters of the city. So Yes, we are frequenters yes. of the city. We are the mm-hmm. city folk. Um, but I did find a couple of interesting articles over uh, the past couple of weeks about early intervention programs inside uh, Queensland and mm-hmm. in Tasmania. And uh, apparently they're doing really, really well. Mm. Um, there is a lot of articles on a- the ABC at the moment that are seeing the praises of these uh, particular uh, institutions. And uh, mm. today we're going to be talking about, again, this will probably be projection because we don't actually have a country boy inside the studio right now, about, aut- uh, well, it was specifically autism, that, you know, the things we're referencing because that seems to be the most public there. Mm. I-, I can see how sort of just like you might have certain challenges that simply don't exist inside the country when it comes sort of like to autism like if you have a sensory like i have uh, what's called a sensory sensitivity to smell i find it to be the greatest advantage ever sometimes <laughs> if this the city is really just one giant smelly thing to me I hate yeah. going outside. It's every, it's everywhere. But like, if you've got hay fever and you're autistic and said, and you're living out in the country on a farm, hmm. you can imagine how difficult that would be. Yeah, you're screwed. Yeah. Basically, yeah, you're you are screwed. But I think there's advantages and dis- disadvantages on the sensory front in both the city and the country. Obviously, yeah. because you know, in the in the country, you don't have as many car horns, traffic lights. Um, you know, trains and trams like clack- clickily clackling along. There's it, I, it maybe depends on like what your buttons are and what your sensory uh, oversensitivities, uh, like what your what your sensory triggers are, I guess. So yeah, so if it's like the traffic sounds and they're in the city, then that's a disadvantage. Country is an advantage. However, uh, yeah, if it is I, I could def- country smells. Yeah, I could definitely see how the rural lifestyle because like mm. there's less people. Mm. There's there's less harsh sounds. There might just be like birds twittering into the distance, hmm. or some other stuff like that. And you know, the the air the air is clean and everything smells fine. But yeah, apparently inside you know in Tasmania inside Bernie, 
there is this uh, pilot program for, um, well, not pilot program, there's this Bernie Center, which is called um, Autism Sp- uh, Specific Early Learning uh, Center in Bernie. Hmm. And apparently there's 98 kids there. And every all the parents are just like, oh, my God, this is a godsend. I didn't <laughs> know this even existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, Dave, again, this is all about when, when we talk about early intervention, especially in the city, it's so, sort of like just like behavior modification. And I could certainly see how, in the least in the country, you might have a sort of like a better quality of treatment simply because there's less kids inside the room. At least inside, inside the city, like, the early treatment options are just like, okay, you can, you're not actively having a meltdown, so that's good. Can we just sweep everything under the rug so I can help the other 29 kids who aren't losing their minds? <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that, that's true. It, it does mm-hmm. tend to be, like, put on a scale of, like, urgent and not urgent so yeah if you're at you know what what like five years ago now is it gosh um when when was asperger's when did the dsm-5 come out again oh no that was only three years ago yeah 2013 true i think might yeah. have been 2012. It, it, was, was, um, it was some time ago. Anyway, so yeah, so ba- basically, if, if you're in that area of the spectrum, um, you were probably, yeah, as, as you said, kind of pushed aside to make way through the ones, the cases that were seen as more urgent, when, of course, you know, people at that area of the spectrum still have very real needs and things that need to be worked on, and they, they certainly do need help as well. Um, uh, well you, you, don't get me wrong, there was a great sense of urgency during the late 2000s and the early 2010s of to treat everything early and quickly. And you need to... And at least this is why during the DSM-5 they decided to collate everything together, because the autism rate, uh, the rate of diagnosis in autism exploded, and they can't find a reason why. Well, I, I do. I'd, I'd, I'd posit perhaps you know more research means more detection, and, and more people are getting diagnosed, and more people are considered for diagnosis as well, and also more mm. awareness. I know awareness isn't enough, but you know the fact that people at least have the word autism in their heads means that parents who are noticing certain unusual things about their children will think, oh, okay, maybe autism. It's a thought that at least occurs to them to get them, you know, seen by a psychologist, whereas maybe before it was known so much, they might have just thought, oh, it's just a phase. They'll grow out of it. Yeah. Well, at least, and again, this, it probably flows for out, out of the city and just trickles down into the regional centres because they're just like, oh, the parents of the autistic children are probably just like, oh, he's a quiet kid, but he does everything I tell him to, so there's no problems here. Mm. like the regional centers when certain challenges that some of them just simply don't exist and some are uh, others are probably compounded by the fact that they're so far away from any sort of uh support mm. i believe that uh somebody posited the tyranny of distance if you're very far away from any essential services especially with the socialization of medicine uh, if you're very far away from anything, uh, you can't easily get to that place in order yeah. to seek medical attention or psychological attention or early intervention programs for autism. Yeah. So, I I don't know. If it takes you four hours to get to a peer support meeting, you might go, ah, 
I, I don't have the time to spend eight hours of the day going from this place just to just for like an hour to go to a support group to try and help my autism. Yeah, I know because it's it's uh, even f- people who are, you know it's, who don't have to travel very far at all. It can be quite hard to convince them of it because it sounds so sort of vague and wishy washy. Mm. Like yeah, you know, support groups they're so they're obviously the complete opposite of uh, you know treating oh, physical health, which well, obviously people understand we'll, we'll the urgency it, for. We'll put it inside inside a term that it requires more urgency. Mm. Say you want to need to go to a psychologist and it takes four hours. Yeah. Yeah, you might go. Eh. As most people do. Oh, I know, but yeah, yeah. That's, and that's and that's because it's yeah. So, you know, psychology people have, um, e- even if it's like you know serious psychological issues that need professional attention, oh. um, people still they're still uh, there's there's still this this misconception that people have about that that they can deal with it themselves if it's like psychological or they can just help somebody else because it's not physical you know physical health people understand you need the professional to come in no yes, one's going to attempt it's, surgery it's, um, it's very yeah. hard to, fact, to miss the fact that if you're staring at someone their left arm is missing yeah <laughs> true um, <laughs> yeah whereas yeah you know some, someone who's experiencing like really serious depression or anxiety uh, or any kind of serious mental health issue that actually needs professional attention, people still feel like, oh, no, uh, either I can just get through this or um, if I just had no reason with this person, then all of those problems will go away. Saying stuff like, oh, just think positively and we'll be fine. No need to be anxious. Wishful thinking? Yeah, wishful thinking. Or, you know, oh, you're depressed. Cheer up. (laughs) Chin up. There we are. Cheer up. It's only (laughs) cancer. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, but yeah. You know well, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Difference between mean. sadness and oh, actual were, depression. Yeah, there was there was this ad campaign that basically compared depression to cancer, and you know, mm. I, I I was appreciative of the point. Mm. Um, oh right, I think I missed that one. But, yes. Um. But yeah, it's 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 true. It's it's well. Well, I guess it's because you know, obviously, in terms of the medical field, um, psychological research is like a much newer thing than physical medical research. Hmm. So it's still kind of finding its feet. And, and I feel especially maybe even in, yeah, you know, in, in getting back to topic at hand, in remote areas, obviously less likely to see a, to travel a while to see a psychologist than to see medical doctor for a physical health problem. During the, during the drought, there was, uh, there was an incredible space of farmers who were killing themselves. And if you have anxiety issues associated with autism or ADHD, that just compounds mm. your your risk factor in terms of depression, suicide. So, you know, and plus there, there, there is this incredibly masculine culture of farming. Yeah, which isn't helpful for many reasons. It, it isn't helpful for mental health. It's, <laughs> it's all right for physical health because they're just like, well, I need my body, so... Yeah, exactly. I, I kind of need to clear up this infection inside my index finger. But, you know, with mental health, it's just like, I don't want to travel four hours to see a psych. I can deal with my own stuff. Yeah, sure. I, I've rustled cows. How hard can it be to rustle my own mind? <laughs> and, you know, the answer is very... You're a goddamn difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. Ugh, exactly. 
so um, just just before um, Cal, we, we were talking about the fact that like less people in remote areas can sometimes actually mean kind of less stress and less anxiety and less um, social pressure. Yeah, pressure and less of a social like minefield. Yeah, potentially, but it also sort of means um, obviously it's a smaller pond, a smaller pool of people, so like less possible people to meet. And uh, if you don't connect with those people, then that pretty it's it's obviously harder to actually find someone you really connect with which can i think be sort of difficult for someone who's uh you know um neurodiverse because you're not you don't have that sort of standard things that you can relate to so that can actually yeah social isolation isolation can compound the issues yeah sort of just like a simmering underneath the but then again, you can suffer socialization, social isolations in the city as well. There's plenty of people around you so you just want to talk to them. Oh, I know. Yeah. Mm. So those are the like the two extremes. Yeah. There's there's obviously two different types of loneliness. There's the loneliness you feel when no one's around, and there's the loneliness you feel when heaps of people are around, mm. but you can't connect with any of them. And they're yeah, they're both just as powerful and they're both just as real. But I think also like one of the I think in theory people might think, oh yeah, a country great place for someone who's autistic because not many people around and autistic people hate people. Uh, not really the case. It's sort of like a misconception that <laughs> autistic people hate other, in communicating with other people. They, inside my experience, they do prefer the, their own company. There are a bunch of extroverts. Yeah, um, oh, of course. Yeah, we have a few of them hosting our show. I know, um, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Big Chloe, it's not me. Oh, uh, <laughs> me, really? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, but there's obviously a difference between you know needing like a lot of solitary time and preaching solitary time and um, being able to deal with having like twenty four seven solitude. That's a mm. very different thing to just some time to yourself. Every more more than every once in a while. Fair enough. Um, so that's the thing that people sort of think that like if. If they see times when, like, an autistic person is, you know, quite happy to be that by themselves and quite happy just to be sort of in their own world, or, um, or, that or, means that they don't yeah. want human contact. Not true. Or at all. they subscribe to the stereotype, which yeah. is, you know, it, it's the socially isolated nerd who hmm. just hangs out basically on his computer all day. Yeah. Um, so no, I I don't think they have ceased to. I don't think someone like that has ceased to want human contact. I think maybe they've they've given up on it because they've thought it's it's too hard and they just are exhausted by the thought of having to battle. Yeah, to have to having to you know make that work for them. Um, because yeah, it it can take a it can take a lot of work if it doesn't come naturally to you. But yeah. it's not a case of oh you Absolutely. just don't need it. Let's yeah. just take all yeah just go off on a desert island. Well, not a desert island, but go off on an island all by yourself. And be alone, and that is the answer. It's like a temporary. I, I can see, you know, it's it's like a temporary solution to any sort of social difficulties and frustrations is just to remove yourself. But at some point, you are going to have to come back, otherwise, uh, it's going to do damage. At least inside this this article, the early intervention is all very very good. But as I said, even inside regional areas, these kids are going to grow up at some point. So <laughs> even inside you know, visual areas, so yeah, even country people don't yeah, stay know, children even forever. Country people don't stay children forever. <laughs> I know um, they're very different from our city people, mm-hmm. um, but 
biologically they are actually surprisingly similar. I know. Um, yeah. It's almost like they're humans too. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, as I said, like, early intervention is, is fine and it can set you up for life. Mm. Um, but, you know, I would like to see sort of just more psychological services, especially for farmers just across the board. Mm. I don't, it doesn't matter if they're autistic or not because I don't want another, you know, uh, 2009 where you had where you had almost a 500% increase in farmers committing suicide because the drought was so soul-crushing to them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. And it's something that, you know, obviously, uh, especially especially amongst, yeah, you know, man-male farmers as well, I feel it's just never talked about. Like, Mm. you know, of course, if someone they know commits suicide, then they'll, yeah, they'll recognize it, acknowledge it, uh, be sad, but we'll never really talk about it as, you know, um, as a pattern or as like a, as a problem that needs to be addressed so that nobody else, so that it doesn't happen to anybody else. And while we're talking about suicide mental health, if indeed that you require any uh, mental health services, there is Beyond Blue at 1300 22 4636. There's the kids' helpline. 1800 55 1800 and there's lifeline 13 11 14 uh if you require any of those pick up your phone and then you know what to go do from there yeah press um, the buttons until somebody in the other end answers no don't do that <laughs> yeah. um and uh, and speaking of which um yeah te- technology i um i've i've certainly noticed that that's sort of now so not so much phones i guess anymore but you know the internet um and things like internet for, you know friendly internet forums and social media are, are are very useful for um connecting people in remote areas um if they have access you know good reliable access to the internet in this particular area yeah people who are it, it, it's like a bridge between different geographical like ge- it bridges geographical distance is is able to bring communities together i mean it's i don't really feel like it's a substitute for you know meeting enough people face to face who you connect with but that's a that's what i certainly found for me before i actually like started meeting other neurodiverse people it's a it's a it's a good starting point yeah. And in a way, even kind of reading people's words, I feel, is are kind of quite a good equalizer because it kind of puts everyone on the same footing. Like you're not seeing, you know, their appearance or their age or their um, their race or their, their gender. Well, unless, like, of yeah. course, they've stated outright. True, but it's not like not as much attention is, is drawn to, you know, these, these differences from yourself or these, these like bases of misconceptions well, yeah, or preconceptions say- that you're going to make. You do need a good internet forum. Hmm. There are a couple out there who are... There are, yeah. Yeah, who are just self-destructive. Oh, yeah, um, but there's one... Like, oh, Aspie Central, that's the name of it. Um, yeah, I think that's the one that I, I used when I was at my um, my baby stage of uh, neurodiversity. Um, mm. And I hear uh, wrongplanet.com is pretty good as well. Oh, right, yeah. yes, wrongplanet. Yeah. I, I, I got a quote verbatim for the article because I do think it's a very positive thing. Hmm. The centre has been running for the last six years as the only regional autistic learning centre inside Australia. Mm-hmm. And uh, in what they've noticed is that there has been a profound difference now because they've been able to early intervention in 
inside these cases, the kids have gone from being not being able to communicate their basic needs and becoming very frustrated to being able to hold conversations and socialize. Mm. Mind blown. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And again, their parents are just gushing because they're mm. just like, we're, uh, our, our relationship is being repaired and mm. we are no longer frustrated and, and we don't have any, like, we, what's called the concern for our children's future is now, yeah. you know, is now not scary. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One one would hope so, yes. Yeah. They've been but, cured, they're no longer autistic. No, but they have been, yes, they they um they, they have been given channels for communication and yeah. um an outlet for everything they really want to say. Because, um, yeah, obviously, like, uh, breakdowns in communication are huge sources of frustration in any relationship. So... Yeah, if this is removing those barriers, um, and and also you know in a healthy way, of course, because early intervention, of course, can um, at such a because it's early, so early, can either really set you up for life, or uh, well, basically damage you for life. Oh, so <laughs> oh, yeah, it depends. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, this is why the, you know so many social services, especially for autism, mm. rotate around early intervention. If you have a really good early intervention program. Mm. You're basically set. You get you'll get classed to subclinical at somewhere inside your teenage years after you've gone through puberty and all those issues have been ironed out, and you become a well-adjusted adult, whatever that means. And I use well-adjusted adult inside parentheses because yeah. it's like I know. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't feel like it's a you know it's it's an, it's not going to do everything. It's obviously going to set you on the right path, but I mean. Yes, yeah. there's still the, the 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 ultimate goal of of early intervention is to have an adult that recognizes um, self reports and self corrects symptoms of autism that get that cause frustration or anguish. Yeah. That is, you know, I have a sensory what's it called overload whenever there are loud sounds outside. I'm going to buy myself a pair of headphones mm. and not play any music. Yes. And they're going to be, you know, fashionable earmuffs. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pr- um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, finding techniques like that. And mm. subtle techniques as well, because, yeah, no one would suspect that you're not listening to any music. They might just think, oh, my God, that's a person who's listening to earphones and is actually playing music at the right level so that we can't all hear it around them. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Thank you. Yes. But yes, if you've got any stories from the country, we mm. would like to hear from you. Drop mm. us a line and um, mm. uh, what's it called? And uh, you might get featured on our WordPress. Yes. On our, on our bloggy blog. Yes, indeed. Bloggy blog, blog, blog. Um, oh, yeah. You know, comment on this, uh, you know, yeah. um, comment on this episode on, free, on the end. Feel free to yeah. berate us if we've got anything wrong. Oh, true. Because yes. as I said, like, mm. we don't exist in the country. We can only project. Indeed, um, but we have driven past it once. Um, no, no, we've, no we've I, had... I've, dri- I've driven past it many times. <laughs> no, no, I, I've I've spent at least mm. I've spent a non-zero amount of time in the country. Me too. Um, yes, Happy it's very to say. Li- it's very relaxing. <laughs> um, but you know, as as that being said, there should probably be more centres other than Tasmania because Tasmania seems to do everything right these days <laughs> with its well-settled population and, you know, hydroelectricity. Yeah. Uh, well, I, know. I mean, the, the fact that an early intervention centre 
in a regional area that is doing what it's supposed to be doing is news. Um, in is this was did it make the age? Did it make like did it make the you know the fairly big news like the the mainstream news outlets? Uh no, no, it did not. Okay, it, well that's something. Pos- positive yeah. news stories don't tend to do that. True. Yeah, it's only like negative news stories, accidents and stuff like that. Um, anyway, yeah, the, the fact that this is news, uh, well, you know, while it's great that this is happening, um, of, of course we want to get to a point where this is not news, that things that should be happening are happening. But that mm. feels like a long way away as far as neurodiversity goes. Um, but yeah, hopefully this uh, other regional areas follow suit. And it looks like you're saying even early intervention centres in the city can learn something from yeah probably dissenter yeah yeah absolutely because hmm. you know having success hmm. which is a hell of a lot better than you know throwing children inside cages which we'll probably get to next month <laughs> next next episode oh yes yes more more talk about cage gate of course yeah. um, it never ends it unfortunately never ends. uh yeah again um i get we'll, we'll see you later on in the show then yes uh, See you on the other side, yes. Hello. Uh, Hello that... from the other side. Yes. yes. Hello from the other side. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's just try to segue that in nicely. Yes. Um, you're with Cal. And Christian, yeah, I, I just wanted to make an Adele reference. Don't judge. Yeah. No, nobody, nobody's judging. Just... Anyway, let's move on. Uh, yes. That's all we have time for today. Yes, by but... moving on, we it's like by moving on, we're going to leave you. Um, we are, we are, we've we've got to move on. We are, yes. we are breaking up from you uh, at least until the next episode. Yes, um, more Adele references. <laughs> now with more Adele references. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Um, and once again, in, in case you've forgotten, if you have anything, any written work you want to submit to us, or anything you want to you want to say to us, um, you know, praise or suggestions, or you know, oh, you're totally off the point here, or yes, yes, I'm totally with you. Um, hit up our Facebook, um, our, our Twitter, Twitter, our WordPress, our WordPress, gmdta.media@gmail.com, um, and also. On the and iTunes um, our podcast, feel free to send us a review as well. Tell us what you thought. Uh, we'd love to hear. We'd love to hear what you think. Um, and we need feedback. We need data. Feedback, yes, data. data. Um, and suggestions for future topics that we should cover as well. Anything that we're not thinking of, because we're suddenly become too homogenous. I know, right? <laughs> um, all shall, all shall kneel. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, uh, I suppose we'll guys see you next, next fortnight. Indeed. So right. thank you very much for listening. Have You've nice been day. myself, Christian. I, I've been myself, Cal. <laughs> we have been ourselves. Yes. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>